Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. Uh, I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Oh, yeah. All right. So, let's get into it. Let me tell you a little let's story. Let's do it. Yes, yeah, a story that I am not aware of. I have no idea what's coming in. Yep. So, <clears throat> uh, there's one thing. I think we've, we've talked about it maybe a little bit here and there, but there's one thing that all people have in common across this wide world of ours, right? Okay. We've talked about it before. Everyone dies. It's just a natural part of life. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it, that's that's how it goes. It's unfortunate, but it's a, a part of life, so, you know, accept that and have fun while you're out there, you know? Now, the... It's a good... Yeah, it's a good message. Yeah. Uh, now, the difference among all of that is how we all die. Hopefully, you know, maybe it remains a big mystery for everyone, but, again, unfortunately, sometimes it's not. No. Um... I don't know what ranks number one in all time for killing people, but I know one thing that's definitely high up on that list. And what would that be? War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. so what is war? Oh, my God. According to a New York Times article, war is defined as an active conflict that has claimed more than 1,000 lives. Uh... Has the world ever been at peace? Do you, what do you think? Um, it's a sliding scale, <laughs> is what I would say. It's a sliding. It's a very sliding scale, because somebody's always. I mean, yeah, it's always. It's yeah, never ending, really. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like we can't get enough. I don't understand. Anyways, go on. Of the past thirty four hundred years you know written history and all that stuff from what it can be told the humans have been entirely at peace for only 268 of them which is just roughly eight percent of recorded history i'm curious about this 200 years yeah they're probably at the beginning yeah yeah i don't know Uh, we didn't everybody nobody nobody was Nobody was talking to each other. Nobody interacted yet. Everyone was too far, living too far away from each other. Right. And know. everybody you knew was like was like your family, and it wasn't a big enough family. Your family was only like, you know, 999 people. It wasn't 1,000 people yet. It wasn't quite a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's peace, very peaceful. So how many people have died in war? Oh, fuck, <laughs> man. Uh, so many. A lot. Many. At least yeah. 108 million people were killed in wars during the 20th century. This It's a pretty dead, deadly century. Yeah, uh, this was also written in 2003. 
Oh my, oh my god, whoa. <laughs> but I don't know, that doesn't seem... I guess I guess that's the new century, so they probably had the numbers true. still there. Got it. Okay. Yep, that's true. Uh, that makes sense. But estimates for the total number of people killed in wars throughout all of human history range from 150 million to 1 billion? Somewhere in there. I mean, it, yeah, it's up there. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm actually, honestly, I'm surprised that number's not bigger. <laughs> Right, that's true. And I mean, estimations. I mean, I mean yeah. It's I mean, estimate, it's got to. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be more than a billion people. I mean, in all of human history. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's yeah. there's a whole bunch of like side consequences of it too. Like when I think it was like in World War Two, it said that uh, when like so many males are sent off to war, it actually impacts uh, a couple generations just because. There's so many people lost. Things like right. that. So, you know. Yeah. Those are not even just people directly affected, but it alters the world. Uh, so, anyways, that's a lot of people, right? Yes. The general purpose of war has stayed the same over the course of centuries. But tactically, things have changed quite a bit over the course of time. Oh, my God. You know, it started... Who knows how it started, really. But started, you know, maybe with running around clubbing each other with sticks and rocks in massive amounts, I guess. Yeah. Slinging some stones, maybe. You know, then we get into building swords, covering easily damaged areas of the body with, you know, some sort of hard protection. Makes sense. Which then turns into completely encasing your body in steel. Running yes. around in full plate. Uh, yeah. Then, you know, you get castles, massive stone structures where you hide in and smash armies to bits on your walls. Or to counter that, you do a siege and you just starve the people in the castle out or to death. <laughs> to death. Yeah. Yeah. Or till they give up, I guess. They're like, you know what? We're done eating our shoes and our belts, so... You win. Yep, and then and then they come out, and then when they come out, because they didn't surrender to begin with, you just kill them all anyways. Maybe. I'm sure that's happened. Um, yeah, so war tactics are constantly evolving. Right? They're a huge driving yep. force for technological advancements. A lot of new yeah. technology came from us just trying to use it to kill each other. Yep. Does any of those things jump to mind for you? I'm one big one. What's that? But there's a uh, there's you know, it's a, it's a split the atom. Yeah, that's a big one. That's that's kind of the end all right there. Yep. How can we blow um, each other up and then turn it into a power plant? <laughs> yep. It's like, well, I guess we can use this for something not killing, but the main purpose was for the killing. Yeah, and that's a lot of things started like that, like. I can't think of any others that jumped to mind. The internet. Oh yeah, it's the internet. That was it's, a... it's, it's made. It's made for killing now. Yeah. It's made for killing. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the biggest ones I believe that you know. Yes. I. Is a uh, gunpowder. Yes. Yeah. One of the OGs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and gunpowder obviously brought along explosives and, of course, ultimately guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So guns is a pretty broad category, and they, too, have evolved quite a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about musket warfare for a little bit. Oh, okay. Since we're talking about tactics and war and all those fun things. Yeah. With the invention of the musket, militaries from across the world were quick to adopt these giant exploding ball-throwing devices. Yep, and that's basically what they were. Put a bunch of explosive powder powder down a metal tube, put a round lead ball down there, get the bun- gunpowder lit, and hope you hit something. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, ball. Do your best. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, you, you missed everybody. Try again. Just got to try again. Mm-hmm. So how did we adapt these inaccurate weapons into military engagements? Well, you get as close as you can. And your chances of hitting things goes up, right? Yep, that's true. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's base. Yeah, A plus B equals murder. Hopefully. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that is why we see in reenactments or in like time period movies, uh, soldiers in lines marching at each other, and then you get your ready, aim, fire, boom. Yep. So typically these soldiers would fire at the command of their officers into the ranks of soldiers in front of them. These tactics could be devastating when used properly. However, pretty much after one volley, the deafening roar of the muskets would be would drown out the commanding officer and it quickly would become a free for all. Oh, of course. Yeah. It once when once shots get fired, right. it's like, well, now it's now it's my ass in the line, sir, and we're just going to keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you get one, maybe two volleys that are coordinated, but then it sounds like everybody's just like, all right, we're just going. I can't hear anything anymore. So, <laughs> nope. Yep. So, muskets weren't easy to reload, especially if you're being fired at in a similar fashion. Uh, it was said that a good soldier could reload a musket in around 20 seconds. Um,. And, you know, like, that, uh, those 20 seconds gotta be, just feel like forever. So long. Yeah. Like, I know when my controller batteries and my Xbox controller die, and I'm playing, like, a shooting game. Oh my gosh, it's so close to the same thing. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super close to the Uh, same thing. But uh, those those few seconds seem like forever. And that's just a game. (laughs) Right. I'm not getting balls of hot lead flung at me uh in real life so no so let's make that comparison and say that that seems like forever and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing as almost dying i guess no yeah no (laughs) close (laughs) no almost almost identical yeah almost the exact same thing um but yeah so like a good soldier could do it in 20 seconds but from some of the reports i read um during the heat of battle, that could drop to, like, one every 30 seconds. Where, like, these good soldiers that were used to doing this stuff could maybe even get four to five in a minute. And then the heat of battle, things slow down quite a bit. Get pretty stressful, I would think. Uh-huh. It seems like a stressful uh-huh. situation. 
Very, very much so. Right. Uh, from what I could tell, just from quickly kind of perusing musket battle info that I could find, it seems like these battles were kind of fought at like a range of about 80 yards. Because the effective range on the muskets were about 100 yards when you're firing at like a wall of people. But, yeah. but when you were like trying to target like an individual, 100 yards is probably good luck. Yeah, it's so it's not tough. Not gonna happen. No. Um. So yeah, c- cannons roaring, muskets blasting, cavalry men moving about the edges of battle, looking for opponents, opportunities, opponents, <laughs> opportunities <laughs> to ride into unsuspecting infantrymen and cut them down with their swords. So I don't want to say it was more of a chess match than modern warfare, but it is a very different type of chess match kind of thing oh yeah it's just scaled down a little bit but not it's still i mean but even that's the wrong thing to say because it's not quite you know what i mean by scale down right like it's your guy can't load his 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 tube cannon so then you come up with your your knife and start hacking at him yeah oh my god yeah it's it's a different beast um which i was always curious about because you know i hadn't thought about it in a while but back when uh I'd watch like Revolutionary War stuff, and that I'd be like, "Why would you just march in a line at each other? That doesn't make any sense. That seems no. like a horrible idea." Nope, it is. Yeah. Can you imagine if this was how light infantry still fought with modern weapons? I thought these tactics were horrifying with when they were with muskets. Then I thought about that, and that's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, because there's this this rows and rows of people with submachine guns. Yeah. Fully automatic weapons. Yeah. Also, it's terrifying. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Load. <laughs> click. All right. <laughs> 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 on Click. Oh my God. Yeah. That'd be. That would be a mess. God, you know, I mean, in a way, like. The machine guns of World War One, where they're just pointing at each other and they're just shooting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's as far as like a modern equivalent, and then just the rows of guys are not the weapons, and like whatever happens, happens. Yeah, N- not the same, but I mean, still horrible. And you're like, but like moving, advancing in a line, even though you're advancing over trenches and craters and yeah, the line that came before you that is already completely dead. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's not a good, not a good scenario to get yourself into. No. Um. Anyways, uh, muskets kept evolving, right? Yeah. So eventually, they get increased range and accuracy due to rifling, uh, which tactics also evolved around as well. Mm-hmm. The real game changer started to make its presence known around the time of the American Civil War. The the invention of the repeating rifle uh, with the invention or the evolution of bullets, adding cartridges to them, all that fun stuff that made reloading easier, why not make it even easier by having up to 15 shots, 15 shots ready to rock, right? Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So 
like we we were just kind of talking about, uh, you're probably not going to want to stand in front of somebody that's got a much more accurate rifle and can take 15 shots while you stand there and, you know, pour your powder down your tube, drop your ball in. Yeah. All that As fun he's stuff. already got, yeah, as you've already, you've already dodged like six bullets. Like, oh shit, he's got a few more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. Well, those guns were expensive and not readily employed by the Union or Confederacy. So they were still typically using muskets, even though they were a little bit better than the original muskets. Um, Soldiers that did have a repeating rifle, they would often purchase them on their own or they had already owned them. Um, And they were lucky enough to, or wealthy enough and lucky enough, I guess, to own one. Uh, these yeah. soldiers were typically used as raiders, scouts, or in like other special, specialized type positions. I guess you could call them the special forces, almost. Not, not really the same, but not how we sure. the modern equivalent, I guess. But um, right. yeah. So because they, you know, you would still have your your line warfare tactics going and then you'd have these other people that would guard your flanks and things like that because they could defend against muskets a little bit more easily yes so after the civil war those repeater rifle repeater type rifles continued to evolve as the united states itself continued to evolve and started moving westward of course it did couldn't help itself Mm-hmm. And guns were an integral part of that move westward. You know, that's where we kind of get some of the Wild West. It was unknown, untamed. People needed guns. We needed to go in there with guns. Eventually, we, uh, I guess, had deemed the West no longer wild. And yeah, the, gun, the, guns, the guns took care of that. Uh-huh. It had been tamed, and the Winchester 1873 model was dubbed the gun that won the West. Good job, Winchester. Yeah. Well played. Yeah, so the Winchester rifle um, was, it came from a line of repeating rifles. You know, there was an evolution to it, but that one kind of became like the, the big hit. Um just had i guess it would function better uh for all the things that rifles do i guess it was smoother reload all that stuff uh maintained itself a little bit better you know could a little bit more durable yeah. i guess is where i'm getting at yes mm-hmm. yes so a lot of people owned them uh it ended up selling hundreds of thousands of them um not necessarily just the 1873 model, but like the Winchester repeating model. There was like the 1866, 1873. Eventually there was like the 1892. Got it. They kept making guns. Yeah. Better guns. Yep. Um, and they kept making them. And they would sell them to militaries across the world. Like the French bought a bunch when they were fighting the Russians in the, what was it, the Franco-Prussian? Russian? Franco, I don't, I didn't write it down. It's not that important, but they sold a bunch sure. of them, and 
they won against because they had the superior weapons. So then um, Oliver Winchester was the owner and founder of Winchester Rifles and the Winchester Company. And he died in December of 1880. And his son, William Wirt Winchester, uh, took over the company. And he only owned, William Wirt Winchester only owned the company for about four months. Oh, geez, how would he do? Um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but he got the consumption. Oh, shit. Tuberculosis. Man, TB's no joke. Yeah. Yep. It gets everybody, even millionaires like William Wirt Winchester, because at this by this point, this is 1880. Yeah. He had, I mean, he was a millionaire in 1800s yes. money. Correct. He's got it. Yeah. He's he's set. He's doing all right. He's doing okay, but yeah. well, he was past <laughs> passable. Yeah, until he passed. Until he got tuberculosis and died four months later, um, leaving his wife uh, Sarah Winchester a widow, and she inherited all of his fortune and fifty percent of the holding in the Winchester Repeating arms company so she inherited 20 million dollars in 1880 that is the equivalent of 529 million dollars now oh my god and still own 50 percent of the company right so she's doing okay yeah very wealthy woman especially for the time yeah actually she was like one of the wealthiest women she would have had to have been exactly yeah, um, she. They had also had a daughter, um, but she died very young, um, less a little over a month old. She had a another chronic kind of wasting disease. Uh, it's called marasmus. I didn't look into it too much, but it it's, it has to do with severe malnutrition. So okay. she lost her child and her husband to wasting diseases, essentially. You know, things that maybe were, I don't know if marasmus was known at that time. But, uh, as we know, tuberculosis was kind of a mystery for parts of history. and Right. So, yeah. So she inherits all this money and is very depressed because basically everything she had and cared about, she lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just a, a fun note here, too. So I already told you how much money she was inherited. She also had a daily income of about $1,000 in, in 1800s money. She had a That's daily fine. income... In 2019, would have been $26,493. It's that 1% money. She's doing quite well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd work a little bit if I was making that much. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't work at all. <laughs> You'd find something to do that you, you would just dedicate all your time to something that you enjoyed. Yep. Well, 
So another common practice of the time was spiritualism, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Sarah Winchester was, she spoke with a clairvoyant or a medium. Uh, of course she did. Mm-hmm. And after her b- husband's death um, and the daughter died, she wanted to maybe get some closure or something, you know. She reached out and was told by this medium that was channeling the spirit of her late husband that oh my God. she should leave her home in New Haven, uh, Connecticut, and she should go west. And she should go west, and she needs to build a home for herself. Oh, no. But she needs to build a home for herself, and she must continue to build that home. Or else she will fall victim to the spirits of people who have all fallen victim to Winchester rifles. So was was this clairvoyant like a pacifist and wanted to punish her? <laughs> Maybe. Did this person really want to teach her a lesson? I don't know. Oh, my God. Well, either way, uh, Sarah has, was kind of, she was eccentric and she was reclusive. Yes. So you mean she didn't, she didn't realize all the horrors her weapons did? She didn't become like Iron Man? She didn't do that? Uh, she did not. Okay. All right. Because that's <laughs> all the people who you've been killed. This massive regret. Now you're feeling being haunted by spirits. Yeah. I'm just thinking what what a turn that could have taken. Well, I mean, it's possible that she she definitely felt some impact of yeah. these things. Because she she leaves New Haven and she heads for California. Okay. Uh it's pretty west. Yeah, I mean, you can't get much more west than California. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. Yeah, so she moved west to California and bought a farmhouse in San Jose where she began building her mansion. She would hire carpenters who would work around the clock, day and night, and eventually it became a seven-story mansion. So, she continued to build on it, as the spirit of her late husband had directed her. Perhaps the constant work and noise would keep... The spirits at bay. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Quite the plan. Quite the plan. So, there were no blueprints for this house, though. Of course not. They built the original mansion, and then she would add a new room here and there, and however she pleased. She would have uh, them build stairways that would lead nowhere or up to a wall. And then there would be a door on the wall, but then the door wouldn't actually open to anything. Can you imagine telling someone to do that? Like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And this this is a cool thing, I think. I mean, I don't know if this is... The house was made out of redwood. I don't know how many houses are made out of redwood. 
Me neither. But it doesn't seem like you'd be cutting down a lot of redwood trees. I could be wrong on that. I didn't look into it. But that seems like a cool thing. Well, yeah, maybe though. Maybe back then they, they didn't care so much. You know what I mean? And like, oh, these are a big deal. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so she, it would. She just built the house how she pleased, haphazard, whatever. It and it kept growing. Over the years, she built this house for thirty-eight years. Oh my god! Just constant work, and she lived in this house alone. And no one was really in the house except for the people that would come in to add on to it. Yeah, so there's all this whole all these construction crews and it's just Sarah walking around, probably only staying in one part, honestly. No. She slept in no, a different she... room every night. Oh my god. To try to stay away from the spirits. Um even though it was made out of redwood, Sarah didn't like the wood grain of it so all of it was painted oh what a sarah what a waste right that's what i was thinking i was like what you got these awesome wood this awesome tree that you made your entire house out of and i don't even know if i mean it seems like it'd be a pretty big deal and then you're just gonna cover it with paint yeah cover it up it took approximately twenty thousand five hundred gallons of paint to cover the house it's like Whatever you say, Miss Winchester, is that it's taking all this money. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure thing. Because as she did um did did our did our clairvoyant have stock in a construction company in San Jose, California? <laughs> Maybe. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, she's like anyways. Sarah's like, Don't you look familiar? Were you did you tell me to come out here and build a a mansion? No, no. Must, the per- must be just coincidence. The person has a fake mustache now. Yeah. Even if even if the clairvoyant was a woman. Mm-hmm. Different person. Mm-hmm. Don't know what you're talking about. You want these rooms painted? Yeah, I think Redwood sucks too. Let's paint over it. No, let's build on two more rooms. Oh, good idea. Okay. Yep. Sure. So, she built this house over the course of the rest of her life. She It ended up being 161 rooms. That we know of so far. Including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one uh, was completely finished and one was not. There's 47 fireplaces, 10,000 windows. Oh my God. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 17 chimneys. And so... This is how weird this house is. There's yes. 17 chimneys, but there's evidence that there's two more somewhere. I don't know exactly Some- what that means. Somewhere. But there's evidence of two more chimneys. Is is like the uh, the fireplace like in a corner, but its smokestack might come out somewhere else and it's this giant tube? I mean, it could be. Uh, that, I write, it could like, easily uh, be something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I learned this way too late to do it uh before we started getting into this recording i was kind of going over uh last few things and sure i found out i could have taken a digital tour of the whole thing oh well we're doing that sometimes yeah, it, was, it was nine bucks but i was like man i totally would have done that yeah for nine bucks that's nothing because yeah, i can look yeah. at pictures but it's all outside 
and there's no like and then when you look at a picture inside it's you know you don't get really get the whole effect no you got to walk digitally through it mm-hmm. so i totally would have done that had i not realized it about 20 minutes before i we got on here to record well so yeah uh after the chimneys it's also got two levels of basements there's three elevators in this house and they're all Why like not? all different elevator technologies like she, when she would decide to do something she would go big you know she had the money to do it so she had a lot right. of what would be considered uh what's the word i'm looking for like they weren't necessities but they were like commodities i know that's not the right word either like just very things that most people did not have yet at all and she would get these modern newer technologies in the home yes like she had forced air heating and steam she had modern toilets with plumbing she had push button gas lights she had a hot shower nice yeah so like yeah, well, whatever was cutting edge, she just chucked it in there. Cutting edge, that's a good one. Why couldn't I think of that? Is that close enough? I know, it yeah. might not be what you're thinking about, but yeah. it's close. That works. Yeah, uh, but there were also, like, there's only one working toilet in this place. Even though there were multiple S- bathrooms. Sarah. They were all decoys to confuse the spirits. Ghosts don't have to poop. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, do you know that? I'm pretty confident ghosts don't have to poop. Do ghosts have to poop? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Questions think so. I'm forced to ask myself. <laughs> do ghosts have to defecate? And if they do, are they civilized enough to use toilets? Questions. Paul, they're decoy toilets, so I, you know how pissed they would be if they were like, oh man, I gotta go. And then they get to one of these fake bathrooms. Yeah, where he, the ghost poops and then he can't flush. Or, I was like, what? <laughs> this is the worst sort of ghost trap ever. Yeah, is that, oh, and then do you like close the lid? And you, is it like a, yeah, like a Ghostbuster trap, but it's a toilet? Yeah, I don't know. Like the ghost, oh, the ghost goes to poop and he flushes it and he like traps himself? Interesting. Maybe. I'm just saying, was there spells attached to these fake toilets? I, I don't know. Could be. Some kind of warding? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But she... So just like the fake bathrooms to confuse spirits, that's why she built this house as weird as she did. Yes. Disorient them. Maybe they get so confused they leave. Like sometimes you'd have, you'd have a door, like an inside looking door, and you'd open it and you'd just be outside. And you'd be like seven stories yeah, up. Or, you'd be like, whoa. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah, so there's doors that lead to outside. There's doors that lead to nowhere. There's doors that lead to rooms above a room, and then you just open the door, and you're, like, above the kitchen sink. And That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of weird stuff going on here. And, like, no blueprints were for this house. So all yeah, haphazard. Just, just, just go for it. Yeah, just... Yep. They just it kind of became her hobby it. almost. Sure. But then like she would hire like the famous Tiffany 
Louis Louis Comfort Tiffany to design a 25, well, what would be the modern equivalent of, I lost my numbers, but a very expensive stained glass window. And she had this very ornate stained glass window that was probably worth a lot of money. And she would put it, she put it where the light can't shine through it. Sarah. Like maybe it did at one point, but then she built other rooms around it and now it doesn't. Then there's weird windows that are like at waist height. That's so that's so crazy. Uh-huh. What a test. What a test of those like carpenters, those builders too. It's like, all right. Yeah. Do you think how often do you think those guys would build something and then she'd be like, You screwed it up? I don't think she did that. Just like she just forgot about it. Like, oh, do this over here. Do that over there. And never even looked back, maybe. Well, it's hard just to say because a lot of people, like, nobody really talked to her. Like, she had... Poor Sarah. Her niece, who was her personal secretary. But apart from that, it sounded like she didn't even talk to many people. Like, President Teddy Roosevelt one day shows up at her front door. Hey, I'm the fucking president. I want to see the widow of the Winchester, you know heiress yeah and she's like nope doesn't even come to the door she they turn the just turn teddy roosevelt away like no oh you know how sad teddy was he's like oh he's like you know how many things i've killed with your guns (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's right like no please and then she's like yeah i know they're in here haunting me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm being attacked by 12 lions and 8 elephants right now. Thanks, Teddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This giraffe wants to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she she was constantly doing this to avoid the spirits that were said to be roaming these halls, or she feared were, you know, because a lot right. of people weren't allowed in the house. It was maybe, it's hard to say, you know, was she seeing things or not or was this some sort of coping mechanism but then if that wasn't weird enough just building random yeah. rooms and everything of course she threw weird hints at things in some of the go on architecture okay uh the th- the number 13 comes up in a lot of stuff in here. Okay. Yeah, she was almost obsessed with the number 13. So she would you would find, you know, in some closets there'd be 13 hooks. Uh then there'd be a special window she designed and it had 13 stones colored stones in it. Okay. Um then there'd be 13 ceiling panels in the entrance hallway, 13 windows in the 13th bathroom. A lot of, like, that number just comes up over and over and over. Sure. Yeah, she's, yeah, she wouldn't stop. <clears throat> and I mean, was it like some kind of, like, defense spell? Was it, what, I mean, what, I mean, I mean, she clearly just got obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got obsessed with that. 
and a few other things. Like, there's a lot of spider web kind of imagery in a lot of the designs. Yes. Which is, you know, kind of weird. Uh, then there's also, like, some cryptic Shakespeare quotes that she designed a window with. Let me see. I can pull those up real quick. Because they're kind of weird. Well, yeah, she's like, might as well. All right, might as well. Yeah, let's throw some bill in here. Let's go for it. Yeah, so one of them says... Yeah, how ominous can we make this place? Throw some Shakespeare. One of them says, "These these same thoughts people this little world. And then the other one says... Wide unclasp the tables of other thoughts. Of their thoughts, sorry. Just weird, cryptic. Yeah, just, right. It couldn't mean anything, couldn't mean something, couldn't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, what else we got here? Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of little weird things. Uh, she had a seance room in the house. Why not? At that point, of course, she did. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so like that, that second, like I, I think I said the seventh floor, but there is a a door that opens the outside, but it is on the second floor, and you got a 12-foot drop if you, you know, walk out. Yeah. Uh, there's secret tunnels. Um, it was, It's no longer seven stories. Uh, there was the 1906 earthquake that damaged it, and now it's only four stories. If that's, you know. That, that, suck. that sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a building like this would be that structurally sound to survive earthquakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's hiding from ghosts in here. And it's weird, like, the few pictures I you can find, you know, um, there's a lot of weird stuff. It's, no, no one is sure how many rooms are still in the house. Like, I think they're still finding rooms? It was taken over in 2016. Uh, It's considered a national landmark now. Um, Of course. And somebody took over in 2016, and I guess they opened it up more and are giving more access to it, and even to the public, too. Good. Yeah. So they're kind of still learning about it, almost. So it's said to be haunted. Obviously. Yes. So, this is interesting. I wish I would have found this earlier. Yes. Apparently, what do we got? Apparently, there was a Reddit AMA with a Winchester tour guide. Oh, shit. That confirmed that the third floor of the house is haunted. Apparently, that's the servants' quarters, and that's all I can get into without reading 
this whole AMA. Um, and that's actually the first I'd seen anything other than rumors of it being haunted. So that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, because, yeah, the idea, if ghosts get in there, they might not be able to find, like, they could get, you can imagine how something could get trapped in there. Like, I'm sure humans could get lost in there. Oh, yeah, you could definitely get lost in there. Because it's so, it's, if you're not used to it, you're you're not going to figure your way out of here. No, your sense of direction wouldn't even make sense. No, because it's huge. So, it was originally on 160 acres of land. And now it's on 4.2. And that's how much it takes to keep That's all house? house? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's huge. Like, you should look up pictures of it. It looks crazy, but you can see how huge it is. Man, uh, I'm not going to lie. I knew about this place, but it took me a second to remember... Your lead-in was fantastic, so I had no idea where it was going. And mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't thought about this house in forever. Like, literally forever. Mm-hmm. It's so massive. This aerial view is insane. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, my God. Well, there's a bigger one. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Like, um, yeah, there's absolutely, yeah, it's, it makes complete sense why anybody in the f- would have no idea where they are or what they're doing or how many rooms are where. Yeah, no, if, yeah, and when it's got stairways that lead to nowhere or like up to different floors and, you know, if you're just wandering around not paying attention, how do you, uh, how do you figure your way back out of there? You know, if I go to somebody's new house that I've never been to and I, I can't find the bathroom half the time. And that's and I like, a lot smaller than... That's so much smaller. And I, I like this part of the house where it looks like one of the steeples is like upside down. Like nothing makes, you know what I mean? Nothing makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's supposed to be haunted and I... I've read a lot of people that have gone there did say that they had like very creepy vibes going on in there Uh, that, like I said, that was the first I'd seen of someone actually saying that it's like they've seen evidence of it being haunted other than people, other than Sarah moving there and building this house to keep away from the spirits. Um, but yeah, I'd seen people say that it was creepy, eerie, all those sorts of things. So it is a very unique house. Definitely rumored to be haunted. And now we've seen people claiming they've seen it haunted. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I would like to go check it out because you can go do tours. I guess they're not doing tours right now, given uh, the times. But Correct. But yeah, it seems like something that would be really cool to check out. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's on the agenda, a hundred percent. Because who? Yeah, how can you not go there at least once? Right. Yeah, and oh, hold on. There's one other thing 
I definitely wanted to mention. Um, yeah, please do. I, this this might not make a good podcast, but I am looking at all these pictures right now. So which everyone else sh- should also be doing if you haven't looked at this house in forever, or if it's you're just discovering this beautiful piece of mysterious architecture. Yeah, definitely check it out because it looks wild. Yeah, the, some of the parts are just an M.C. Escher painting come to life. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It is. It's exactly what it is. Stairways and doors and just... <clears throat> yeah. For 38 years, she was constantly building this house. And like, I mean, it's confusing and madness, but like nothing's half-assed. It's it's out of this world. Yeah, there's got to be, I don't know if anybody who built this house, you know, any interviews with anybody. It'd be fun to get inside their heads. Like, So what was it like building this madness house? Oh, well, you know. She wanted a staircase that went up to a window. Who am I to tell her no? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, Check cleared. Check cleared, I'm good. Yeah, whatever, because this stairway can go out to the car. It doesn't exist yet. It's fine. Right, so she wasn't actually hiring all different building crews. I guess she had a foreman that she constantly employed. And he met with, and she would basically design everything and he would take care of it so he got it he's like yes ma'am mm-hmm. here we go here we go but so she was very mysterious since she wouldn't really talk to other people outside of her no. home she had servants and everything um and her niece who was her secretary and she was close to but pretty reclusive outside of that and then she died in 1906 and her niece inherited everything and people that had never been in the house were very excited to get in there so like they wanted to see what she's been building they expected her to have like a fortune and everything right so in that in one of the ballrooms she had a safe and inside of that safe was another safe <laughs> And inside of that safe, another safe. Another safe, yeah. So this is is weird. Um, But like multiple safes in safes. And they finally get it all open, expecting it to be, you know, some sort of incredible treasure. Instead, all that was in there was her husband... And daughter's obituaries and a lock of her daughter's hair. Jeez. That's all that was in safe after safe after safe. Safe. Man. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, what's up with that? Mm Mm-hmm. What did did the clairvoyant tell her to do that? I don't think so. Who's who's this clairvoyant? Giving her this. Yeah. I 
I mean, I would say this is what happens when you find a distraction to kind of help help you deal with your grief. But not everyone does this, so it's not just something people do. Mm-hmm. So here's here's more alleged haunting stuff that I didn't come across when I was actually writing everything. So I'll sure. throw it out here now. Um, Please. Apparently guides are known to see orbs, hear unexplained music playing, uh, feel their hair being pulled. And there's an apparition of a man pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, another fun fact, Harry Houdini, you know, legendary music, uh, musician, magician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Was a, he didn't believe in ghosts, you know, he's a magician, illusionist. Right. Yeah, he gets the, he, he gets the, uh, the trick. Right. So he tried to kind of call out all this stuff and prove that mediums were full of baloney and he did a he put on a seance in the mansion seance room and uh left maybe thinking a little bit differently oh yeah mm-hmm. that was a whole thing i would have to get into a little bit more sure um but yeah let's just leave it at that he maybe left with a different thought on the whole matter. Yeah, Mr. Houdini was like, what is going on here? I can't figure this shit out. But yeah, that is the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, it's a badass house. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. Yeah, it's just out of this world. Still looking at pictures now. I'm all in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, right? the Winchester Mystery House built the entire time that uh, Sarah was alive in order to keep herself safe from the spirits. Because if the house was ever done, they get her. Well, That's what the medium told her in Boston, or where was it? New Haven. New Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, did that, I wonder what that clairvoyant thought when they found out what was happening over here. Like, oh. I mean, she should know, right? (laughs) Yeah, she should. (laughs) Yeah, she should. I mean, maybe this is exactly what she meant. Maybe maybe, it was, that's true. Maybe it kept kept Sarah safe until she died and then they stopped building it and now it's, why it's haunted. Yeah, because they're all trapped in there now. They, yeah, they can't. There's no more rooms to explore. Mm-hmm. They're always. They, they, I mean, they know no, their way no, around no more, now. No additions. They know their way yeah. around because there's nothing new oh getting added. Jesus. Yeah. So check that out. Look at pictures of it. It's cool. Check. Get the get the online digital tour because I'm gonna do that. That sounds awesome. It sounds great. Sorry. <laughs> looking at this so this is painted that's not painted man well because like you can see you could see the paint like why would they paint it why would she paint this color it's like this is 
this is, or is that part of the? Well, it's been redone this, in parts. Was any of it renovated? Okay. Yeah, that it's been renovated. Uh, they had to clean up parts of it for opening it up for tours and everything. Once they opened up all these new rooms, like I guess some of them were only half done because they were like rooms inside rooms that nobody ever went in. Yeah, so they just probably sat for fuck a hundred so, years. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, it's a wild house. It's awesome. Yeah, it's Digital very cool. tour. Digital tour. Nine bucks. Probably creepier bucks. in person. Because it is, it's very well, weird. Yeah, we'll just, just get the tour, watch it in the dark. Maybe that'll make it spookier. Mm-hmm. Not the same as being in it, of course, but right. work with what you got, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if, I mean, if anybody... If anybody's been to the Winchester house. Yeah, let me know. I if, think I, especially if you've got like yeah. creepy ghost stories or you've cuz I didn't see a lot of them. But they got to be out there cuz it's supposedly one of the most haunted places in the country. You know those stories have to exist all over the place and I mean, yeah. Even if it's just fuck the house settling, this I mean, what what what's going on there? What have you seen? What have you heard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us did know. You get lo- did you get lost? Yeah, let us know. Uh, weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com, all the social medias. You know where those are. Uh, follow us on the Patreon. We got Behind the Veil bonus content. Um, support the show in, all the, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, get on those Winchester stories if you got them. Right. Yeah. Send them if you got them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Stay spooky. Yes.